Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. It's Apologetics Live with Matt Slick and Andrew Rappaport, part of the Christian Podcast Community. All right, well, welcome to Apologetics Live. Having some technical issues there with the music. Don't know what what was with the introduction for the podcast. I'll just have to edit that in. Um, But welcome to another Thursday night. We are here again to answer your theological questions. And as always, we can answer any question you have about God and the Bible because, well, I believe I don't know is a perfectly good answer. So, we want to get started. Tonight's topic is going to be Calvinism. Is it biblical or propaganda? Uh, This is something that came up quite often this week in our apologetics, uh, Christian apologetics Facebook group, and uh, what we uh, had several people that wanted to discuss it, and there's at least one of them that showed up. I always find that interesting, by the way, folks, that we have people who will challenge people on different things. They'll challenge people on uh, you know, things like, you know, in this case, Calvinism. And then when you say, well, hey, come on and defend yourself, it's just amazing how few times anyone ever actually shows up. Uh, we've had the black Hebrew Israelites that over and over again challenge us to debates. Uh, and if you want the epic debate that I had, uh, it's on our YouTube channel. Just search for black Hebrew Israelites or BHI and you'll see the, the debate that I had with an empty chair because, well, three guys said they were going to show up to debate me on Black Hebrew Israelites, and yeah, they didn't show. (laughs) So, uh, but that won't happen tonight, thankfully. That way it's not just me talking. We are not going to have Justin and Anthony here. They are out. So uh, it will be, we we got John, the cluck commander. We don't have his chickens. It's probably too cold for them. But, you know, he, he will be popping in, I'm sure. 
And so I do want to give you guys some quick updates on some some things as I look for some of my notes. The uh, one thing that we have is I want to update you guys on the fact that the Israel trip is filling up. And I'm looking for my other notes. Uh, The Israel trip's filling up. You want to make sure that you go to... uh, if you want to join us in Israel, I, th- I think there's only like two two slots left, and those two slots are probably going to fill up pretty quickly. Uh, those will go uh, once they're gone. Uh, you there still may be some extra room to join us, but you'd have to meet us in Tel Aviv is the way that would work. Um, and so uh, here we go. That's what I'm looking for. Had to get my other notes here. Sorry. So is if you go to Israel trip or israel tour 2021 i'll put that up on the screen as soon as i could find where it is Uh, but israel tour 2021 is where you could find us to join us in israel Uh, again the price of this goes up a hundred dollars starting at the end of this month so we have about a week left before the price goes up so i really want to encourage you to do that quickly uh, some other notes is if you're checking out uh, some things on striving for eternity, uh, there are some, we we're trying to put up some new stuff. There's a new article out by Bud Alheim. I want to encourage you guys. He went into great detail going into the Equality Act and all of that that is going to affect. So just go to strivingforeternity.org, check out the latest blog articles, or just go and search for Equality Act and it will come up. And uh, that's, it's a very detailed article. Any of you that know Bud's writing, you know that he's pretty detailed, so you can expect that. Uh, also, just to remind folks on YouTube, there is ways to help support us. One way is, well, Super Chats are always a way. If you want your comments or questions to make sure that we're going to respond, you can always hit the Super Chat. That's in the chat. That's the little dollar sign. You can also sponsor the show through YouTube if you want. Or you could go to our website, uh, strivingforeternity.org slash support. That is a place you can get to support us. Another way that you could support us, we mentioned this last week, is you can not only support us, but at the same time, get a good night of sleep. Now, one person who probably needs a good night of sleep is, is this guy, Chris Honholds, who says he just wanted to pop in and say hi for a minute. He, he needs a good night of sleep. And he, what he needs is a my pillow. And if Chris was to get a my pillow, uh, he could actually not only save money on the best pillow out there, in my personal opinion, but also be supporting Striving for Eternity. And you can too. All you have to do to save money on pillows. They have some great discounts. In fact, one of the discounts they're running for us is that there are pillows that are regularly, their premium uh, my pillows are regularly like just under $70. Uh, they're selling it for $40 off. So it's under $30 for a queen size uh, premium pillow. All you have to do is call 1-800-873-0123. That's 800-873. 7301176 or go to my pillow and you if you either way you want to use the promo code SFE so SFE and if you go to their if you go to mypillow.com just click the radio listeners square and in there put promo code SFE and you will get a better sleep because they're outstanding pillows i i've said this before to you guys last week i travel with mine i love it i don't uh i don't like going without my pillow uh i'm getting old i guess these things are uh 
Uh, so we got uh, someone saying that they got my pillow coming. Thank you very much. So uh, let me first bring in John, Mr. Cluck Commander, lovely, Hello. lovingly Hello. called Cluck Commander. For folks who don't know um, that uh, you you raise chickens. Now someone is saying, actually, I should say, this, uh, wait, it was Humble Clay that said this. I finally do know who Humble Clay is. He's revealed himself to me. Um, but uh, he says, Michael Liddell, uh, the MyPillow guy, is is a Christian. Someone, I guess, earlier, trying to find that comment, said he's he's a devout Catholic. Uh, here it is. Um, says he's a devout Catholic. Uh, he, he was a Catholic. Uh, he now, unfortunately, I, I don't know if I want to say he's Christian. He's more word of faith. So I'll leave that to those who want to say if that's Christian or not, because some... You know, some don't understand word of faith. They're just in that. So we'll see. Hey, that's a great book. You know, you are, you are a slow reader. You read that book every single week. You know, I'm wondering, uh, since tonight's talk is about Calvinism and how they're so cultic, I just figured maybe it would be under this this, this book. What do they believe? You know, <laughs> what do they believe? You know, the Calvinists. And what, what in the world are they, you know, well, are they a bunch of propagandists? Well, actually, I, I do have a guy who I used to be friends with. Uh, he's, he actually told me I'm not saved anymore because uh, I, I actually told me I'm not saved anymore because I preach on stage on this on a stage with Calvinists. And so oh, wow. believing the doctrines of grace makes me unsaved. Uh, he actually did write a book about how Calvinism is uh, a false teaching and, and all. Um, I it was kind of funny because I reminded him that he's been on stage with Paul Washer um, and Paul Washer's pretty much. So if, so if me being on stage, you know, with other Calvinists, make me a Calvinist, I said, doesn't that, I mean, just simple logic, but no, he, it didn't work that way. <laughs> All right. So, let, so John, anything, anything you got going on you want to update folks with before we bring Seth in? Uh, you know, I just heard on the, uh, this is just for a sidetrack here, but I just wanted to say that uh, there is, uh, I saw a news report on Fox Sports that NASCAR is going to begin having dogs that can sniff COVID from you, uh, on you. So, so you mean you so that having, get, so that they can have people in the, in the audience, you know, in the, in the, to, to attend the events? Or for the yeah. drivers. Yeah, so basically when you want to go and see NASCAR racing and all that, and you go to this, uh, you know, the, the track or whatever, uh, they're going to have dogs that can sniff out COVID for you. I mean, so they can actually uh, detect COVID. So I thought there'd be a great episode, uh, a new TV series that's called um, uh, BD, BDU, uh, Biodetection Unit. Covid K nine, Chong But anyway, I already made the, the jingle for it and everything. So I'll have to <laughs> why am I not surprised? I know. All right. Uh, someone was asking in chat um, if if they could do any volunteer work for us at Striving for Eternity. You could contact us at info at strivingforeternity.org if you're interested in doing that. Um, that's how to get a hold of us there. So that. So just reach out to us that way. Let us know what type of things you're interested in doing and what, you, what you're capable of doing, and we'll do that. So, um, John, I'll put you in the backstage. You just, as usual, right. let me know if you want to come in. And uh, I'm going to bring Seth in. Seth, welcome to Apologetics Live. 
you are you are someone who was in our uh, uh, Christian apologetics group, uh, and I, you and I, I guess, gotten got uh, involved. You reached out to me because um, you know you were having a discussion, and someone muted you in the group, and so uh, you had you had thought it was over Calvinism. Um, because that was a discussion. I didn't read the thread, as I told you. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be unmuted, I think, by tomorrow, so you could then respond. Um, but I said, hey, why don't we talk about what you do disagree with? So um, why don't you just real quick introduce yourself to our audience, let folks know how you came to know Christ. And, I mean, there were, even with that, we were talking off air. And uh, it you want to tell me you have my whole testimony? You're going to kind of waste a lot of time, I guess. Yeah, what's your, the short version? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I guess I was raised in the church. I, I left the church, I guess, in high school and college because I was convinced um, by my college professors of, of evolution. That's a different state. I went through a while of, um, of being pretty confused about whether God did exist or if he does exist, if he's even a loving person at all, if he actually cares about us. Um, about after I got out of college, I started doing some searching for myself and found out that there's a lot of uh, assumptions made in, in evolution that are not proven. So uh, that brought me back to questioning things. Um, I, went, I found a lot of philosophical um, arguments for the existence of God, and it seemed that that, that was evidence that God, a creator, at least a creator, does exist. At, at that point, I started studying, um, reading the Bible for myself, reading the Old Testament, New Testament. I started looking at all religions because I really didn't know who the Creator actually was. I, I, I believed there was a Creator, but I didn't know who He was. I, I was reading the Quran. I was reading the Book of Mormon. I was, I was reading basically anything that I could find that might tell me who God was. And the only thing that, that actually made it, it made a, like a discernible difference in my life that actually touched my heart were, were the words of in the Bible. Like all the other texts that I read, there was nothing like that. That A lot of it was laughable, honestly, if you're trying to look at it logically. Um, like the Book of Mormon is a joke. If you actually read it, like I don't know how you read it and not laugh out loud. But, well, it is, it um, is good science fiction, maybe. I mean, it might, not, it might fit in. Because <laughs> I'm reading the Quran and, and the Book of Mormon at the same time. The Quran is actually, it has very poetic language. It, it, it honestly, to me, it seems like it is inspired by demons because it actually has a lot of almost truth to it. Yeah. The Book of Mormon is just a flat comedy. It, it, it's nothing <laughs> compared to, it looks like somebody read the King James Version of the Bible one time and then tried to recreate some type of fiction along those lines. Actually, an interesting study that uh, the Tanners have done, I don't know if you know who Gerald and Sandra Tanner are, but in, with Mormon research, they've, they're have they kind of the pioneers. Gerald Tanner actually looked at all of the usage of the Elizabethan English in the Book of Mormon and found that the, Book of, the only time that the Book of Mormon, the English matches like the rules for the Elizabethan English with the these and the nows was when it was quoting the King James Bible. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's, uh, I, I think that's all he did. Like, Joseph Smith did is just he yeah. read the, the King James Bible and tried to make his own religion using that type of language. So let's. So we want to talk about uh, specifically Calvinism. We have some other things we could talk about afterwards about apologetics. You, you, you take more of an evidential approach. I would take more of a presuppositional approach, and so we could talk about that as well. Um, and L- Laura's here saying Sandra Tanner is great. Um, 
Sandra Tanner, I'm going to just a side note before we get into Calvinism, I'll tell us for Laura's, but Sandra Tanner is the, the only person I've ever been starstruck with, <laughs> which for many people, I'd be like, well, what? Because I've gotten to meet very well-known people, but Sandra Tanner was someone who early on, when I was, when I was a young Christian and I was dealing with Mormons, I was studying Mormonism and, and learning about it, and I studied so much about the Tanners. And so when I met her, which was probably 20 years later, um, I was actually starstruck meeting her. So uh, probably the only time I've been starstruck. Um, but we want to talk about Calvinism. What I want to do is, Seth, I want to give you a chance. Um, I think I said, and I can't remember if it was to you or to one of the other people that said they wanted to show up and challenge me on this, but aren't here. So first off, kudos to you, um, because you, you are more of a man of your word. Uh, I think there's a passage that says in the scripture, it says something about, you know, the person who says yes and doesn't show, <laughs> you know, we have. It, it, it's, this is the first time I've ever done something like that. And to be honest, like, I have turned down several offers to come to Bait Lot. I, I just, I don't think very well through word of mouth and through speech. I, I think way better when I'm able to write my thoughts and, and edit them. Because sometimes when I'll say something, I don't mean exactly what I say. I'd rather go back and edit that and say, this is what I actually meant by that. I just, I, sometimes I speak faster than I actually think. Yeah, and, I, and that, that, this is actually making me very nervous because I, well, I don't do well. Yeah, don't don't time. don't don't be nervous. I mean, that's why, like I said to you, I don't. I prefer discussions, just right. open discussions. And one of the things, uh, I, yeah, yeah. One, one of the things I find though, with when it, when it comes to the topic of Calvinism and specifically doctrines of grace, is I'm going to because uh, you know Calvinism is kind of a loaded term uh, for for a lot of folks. Uh, but whenever we talk about it, I usually find that people don't understand what Calvinism actually teaches. And so yeah. what I want to do is I want to first give you an opportunity to see if it, for you to, de- to define it and then work through what your definition is. I, you know, I want to see first that we're, we're using the same definitions. Right. That's, that's definitely important. I agree. And, and so, you know, I thought is let you, de- you know, you define it, see what issues you have with it, where, where they are, and then... Then you know if it, if there's corrections if I think there's corrections you need to made I'll I'll say what my definition sure. is sound good sure. yeah that's perfect All right yeah can I can I um, I'm assuming you're not uh, you wouldn't represent hyper Calvinism that's like a very no. minority view you're more the compatible compatibilist yeah uh, and so for folks that don't know hyper Calvinism would be more in the camp of uh, there's two branches of hyper Calvinism well there's there's hyper Calvinism and high Calvinism hyper Calvinism would be determinism. Where God determines everything, we have no say in anything. God forces every decision we make. That would be hyper Calvinism. High Calvinism would be those that would say that you have to believe in Calvinism to be saved. Okay, okay I would yeah. I would have a problem with that as well. Right. Uh, I think I, I think there are good brothers and sisters on both sides of the camp that are saved that believe and don't believe in in the issues of Calvinism. Okay. Uh, I, I can say that one of the one of them are wrong because oh, yeah, they both can't be right. Right, something has to be wrong. I 100 percent agree. Yes, yeah, so, uh, like for the compatibilist view, it's basically that God has determined what your nature is. So, so our nature is fallen because of, of Adam's sin. Um, so we we have no ability basically to have faith. Um, the only way we can have faith is if God regenerates us ahead of time. If we are uh, elected before the foundation of the, of the world, then 
eventually we will be regenerated and we will have the ability to believe at that point of regeneration. Um, uh, for the, the thing I have a problem with compatibles is, is uh, that basically removes the, um, was the moral culpability of, from people for their belief in faith, I believe. Like for, if, if they don't, if God never gave some people the ability to have faith, then mm-hmm. they can't be accused of not choosing to have faith because they never had the ability. That would be like accusing someone with no legs not being able to jump. That's it's not right. You can't do, you can't accuse somebody who has no ability to do something for not choosing to do something. It's not that they didn't choose; they had no ability. Okay. And that, that's the problem I have with the, with the compatibilist view. Okay, let me just, and you're going to see that I'll do this a lot, is I want you to define terms that that you use to make sure we're using. So when you say compatibilism, what do you mean by that? Uh, uh, Compatibilism. So um, basically, it's trying to make free will compatible with God's decrees. It's uh, it's God decrees all, all basically, who is going to be saved from the foundation of the world, but it's still trying to say that people... Uh, still make their own choices, so they're still morally culpable for their choice. But I'm saying that that's a logical contradiction because they can't be. But uh, okay. is that correct? Uh, uh, yep. I- yep. And so, so, so I mean, we. we I, I'm not going to agree that it's it's illogical. I'm going to be able to very easily okay. show that. Um, so, so what would be the view in your? And I'm just taking some notes here. So, if you see me looking down, because I want yeah, yeah, I want to sure. make sure I don't misrepresent i'm trying not to misrepresent anything, I, so. I definitely don't want to do, this, do um, that either so what give me your position of what you would what you believe on the subject i believe that people can believe whatever they want to believe um i believe that the only the only thing preventing people from being able to believe in in god or in jesus is that they need to be told about god or jesus so you can't believe in something that you don't know about basically and that's what um I know there's a verse I don't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Say, so, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Can give me a second. I'll, yep, I'll yep. come back to it. I guess. Okay. Um, how can they believe if uh, someone is not preached to them? Yeah, that's Ro- that's going to be Romans chapter uh, ten. That sounds about right. So, I mean, one of, one of the things you're going to see here a lot, we're going to, we could, I mean, we could actually spend all our time in Romans 9 and Romans 10, and sure. I could read Romans 9, and I would say that's biblical. You'll read Romans 10, and you'll say that's biblical. Um, but, right. and that's, I, I believe that the questions posed in Romans 9 are answered in Romans 10 and 11. Yeah, how can they call on him who have they not believed? How can they believe in him who have they not heard? So they need a preacher. They need to be able to hear. That's, that's just synergism to me, like, in, if you... If you're preaching the gospel, that's that's two people creating something that's better. That's God working through you, working and in, working into them. So that's, in my opinion, that's synergism. So, so yeah. you're saying you would hold to a synergism, not a monergism? I don't. Okay, and, and I'm going to end up defining those folks in a moment. But I just I believe that God's gift is the only thing that saves. <laughs> But I believe people do have to participate. I think God requires us to participate in that in order in order to receive that gift. I believe the gift is offered to every single person, literally every single person. The only reason that people don't necessarily hear about the gift is, is our fault as servants because we didn't get the message of Christ to those people. And I don't put any place follow up on God saying that God didn't love these people, so God didn't even give them the chance to believe. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what 
that's the logical. I believe the logical conclusion of Calvinism, and that's why I think it's wrong and and and, and dangerous because um, that would that would suggest that God doesn't love everyone, okay, uh, or that or that yeah. I impossibly love lost people more than God does, and I don't believe that's possible either. Yeah. So, uh, and and some people are are. Um, Someone's asking, uh, they, they, what's your name? They, 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 there was a comment up here earlier from Chris Honholds that said, uh, I appreciate not only his willingness to come on, but also his respectful demeanor. And someone was asking your name. His name is Seth. Um, I don't know. If, I don't want to give your full name unless you choose to. But <laughs> I don't have any problem with that. Um, so so let, me, let me work through some things and see where you're at. Do, so do you, you mentioned the sin nature. Do you, do you believe that we are born... Uh, having the effect of the curse of sin. I, yes, I, I do believe that we are born with the curse of sin. I, I don't necessarily, I, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on this, because so I don't have a very firm decision. I don't know if we are necessarily guilty of Adam's sin, but I do know that Adam's sin led to, to our sin nature to where we will sin eventually. Like, there, like we, we, I believe we're still at fault because we make those choices. I don't believe that, that God forced us to sin, okay. but I believe that... Um, <laughs> That because of our nature, because of our fallen nature from Adam, we are tempted to sin, and we will fall into temptation. Okay. Uh, there is so, a verse. I think God says He consigned all people to uh, to sin. I believe that's in Romans eleven. Let me look it up though. Mm-hmm. Let me pull my Bible over here, so I'm not looking off screen so much while you're doing that. And uh, part of it because I don't I also don't want dead air. So while you're looking up, <laughs> for God has consigned all to disobedience that He have, He may have mercy on all. And that's Romans what? Romans thirty two. Romans one thirty two. Eleven thirty two. Eleven thirty two. Okay. Uh, for God has shut up all in disobedience. Okay. So so let me let me work through some of this. So when we say the 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 fall, right? What happened in Genesis chapter three with the curse? Do you believe that the the effect of the curse of sin did that affect the human being when it comes to his his uh, thinking? Mm, not necessarily. Um, I, I believe that we, that God created us in his, in his image, and we are rational creatures capable of objective logic. I, I believe I believe objective logic is very important in order to discern truth. I think that's what one of the gifts that God gave us is. In order to discern truth, is 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 logic and reasoning. Okay. Did did it affect the the emotions? Sure, sure. I definitely believe it affected emotions, but, but yeah. I mean, emotions can be uh, overridden by um, logic and reason. Well, okay. So let's. So logic and reason is not a product of the human mind. So, um, you know, uh, so it's it's. So there's three aspects of the human being, right? It's it's our it, it's what we might call the mind, the emotions, and the volition. So the the really what I'm trying to get at when people speak of sin nature, uh, the question becomes generally people will that hold to a sin nature, it, it, except that the curse affected the the mind and the emotions, and the debate is over whether it affected the will. Okay. Now Romans five. Okay. Hmm. As I was saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking. Okay, so Romans 5 and 6, I don't have time to read the whole chapters, but it, in Romans 5 and 6, it talks about the fact that we're we're basically enslaved to sin. Okay. 
Um, Romans but chapter. Slaves, slaves rebel against their masters all the time. Uh, it doesn't doesn't being a slave doesn't mean you you don't have free will. Well, I, I, I guess, and and this is where we'd have the first disagreement uh, because, and and maybe defining terms. When we say free will, mm-hmm. uh, I would argue that we don't have a free will, we have a will. There's a big difference between the two. We can make choices, but those choices are bound by our sinful nature. In other words, we're, we're going to make choices based on our selfishness. Why am I not going to steal something? Because I don't want to suffer the consequence. But we've yeah. seen this throughout history. When you remove consequences for breaking the look, just look in America, we're we're removing consequences for for doing wrong and now you know people for seven months eight months nine months now burning cities down because no one's going to stop them okay i don't see how that that correlates to mean you you don't have a free will then because i don't see where the free will is because theologically free means that it's you're not being influenced by something like a sin nature in other words you can make perfectly moral choices you know righteous choices you know things you know god would be free i would argue we're not free until the holy spirit indwells us and now we could we can choose to do that which pleases god versus that which pleases self but right, that's, that's what i was saying earlier like that's what the, i agree that, that's that's a compatibilist view I, I don't agree that that's true though i i, I just I, I need to see the evidence that, that that's actually true I, I, I agree that that's the compatibilist view. Mm-hmm. So, so the the issue we'd end up seeing is that uh, scripture would end up seeing that we are we're enslaved to sin, and therefore I would say that our will, if we're enslaved, it's not free; it's enslaved. But sl- slaves rebel against their masters all the time. That's that I'm has saying. nothing like, to do with it. Slave doesn't mean that you have no free will. Yeah, I know. It, it, okay, so so be specific. I'm not saying that you don't. That you can't make choices. I'm not saying you can't rebel. You keep you keep you're saying, saying that. You're so. saying I can't have faith, though. I'm not, I didn't so say that either. So this is why I'm I'm trying to break this down in, in small to a starting points because what I'm seeing you doing right off the bat, you're jumping to conclusions that I'm not even making. Right? What I'm talking about is the idea of freedom. Is our will bound by sin? That's that's the question. Now, now Scripture says that we're enslaved, and you're saying, but a slave can rebel. That's not, you know, um, that would actually, I would argue that's a red herring, because it's, it's not the point. The point is not, can someone rebel? The, the, the point is, is the will actually free to be able to make righteous choices, or is it enslaved to sin and can only make sinful choices, choices that are, that, that are pleasing to self? See, I don't, I don't believe that being enslaved to sin means you can only make sinful choices. I, I, I know atheists who can make good moral decisions. Like, they don't do it all the time. But they, I mean, they can do it sometimes. So that proves that they can. No, it doesn't, because it's it's missing the point again. No, notice what we're saying. <clears throat> again, I'm not saying that people can't make choices. But you said that they can't do anything good. No, because they're no, no, no. So I said that they can't do anything righteous. There's a okay, big so difference. Define there. righteous sin. So, so then. they can't do anything that is without sin. They can't make. They can't do. You know, you can have someone who sacrifices his life for another person, right? For for a child or something, right? That and seems that that seems good. And it is good. But yet but is that, actually evil. No, it's actually selfish. They're doing it for self reasons, right? To to but it's for their own good. Like, okay, okay, that's, the, that's, the, 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 the issue's not good see it's good by what standard? So you're saying good is a moral standard of human beings. 
I'm, I'm saying good by God's standard. We are going to please self or please God, right? Do you agree with that? Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It seems like a false dichotomy. I, I don't necessarily okay. have an idea of why, but I, I'm not sure. Sh- Okay. I'm not sure if I 100% agree with it or not. So, so, so the point I'm saying is that when the Scripture says that we're enslaved to sin, I'm going to say that that includes our will, so that our will is enslaved to sin, so it's not free. It's, okay. it's enslaved. I disagree with that. Yeah, though. okay. Like, uh, um, do you believe that God saves people? I believe that we cannot be saved without God. Yeah, um, I, don't know that, I don't believe that he forces people to come to heaven. Because I, I think that's a shallow view, view of God, to be honest. All right. Um, well, let me take a different a different tact with you, because I see some coming up a lot that you're, you're having issue with. Um, let me ask you, who who wrote the Book of Romans? Paul. No, who wrote the Book of Romans? It wasn't Paul. Think about it. Who wrote the Book of Romans? Uh, all I mean, I all God, Scripture uh, is... Oh, okay. All right. So, who gets 100% of the credit for the writing of the Book of Romans? I mean, God didn't physically write it, so... I understand, but who gets the credit? Both. Okay. So, when we look at Scripture, we call it God's Word. Yeah. This is is a doctrine in the area of inspiration. This is a doctrine we call superintending, okay? And this is very important in this area discussion. Superintending is that God works through a human author in such a way that it is exactly as God intended it to be. That's how come it could be without error, without flaw. Every letter is as God intended it. It's, it's God-breathed, would be as Second Timothy would say, or First Timothy would say, right? God breathed it. And so, what you, you have is that God, this is God's Word, and yet it has a human author. This is the doctrine of superintending, and you, you're, you've come around this a bunch of times, right? So God can work through a human being to write, even though Paul writes personal things. Hey, bring, bring my books. Bring my cloak. It's going to be cold this winter, right? He'll say that to Titus and Timothy. He, 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 he's going to have a different writing style than, than John. Right. Very different. So, 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 so I think I think the overall the overall message is what God intends. I think the writing style and the the way it's laid out is the work of the author's individuality. Yeah, and so what we see is that God works through them. Mm-hmm. That even with their own personalities, right? God can work through them to write what He intends to be written. No, I, I agree. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, once we get saved, the doctrine of sanctification. The doctrine of sanctification would be the this process, and you may understand this, but I'm just for the audience as well, is the process after we get regenerated, mm-hmm. what some might say is being saved, from the moment we're regenerated until the moment we die and are glorified is this process of being made more in the image of Christ, more saint-like, more holy. Uh, that is an pr- ongoing process called sanctification. Now, in the process of sanctification, we do good works, and yet, in James, it says that God does the good works. So, do you, when it comes to the good works we do as a Christian, do you believe it's God who does it, or do we do those good works? I, 
I mean, I, I think God works through us, but I think it's still ultimately our decision because I like I could be led to do something um, that is a, a good work, but I choose not to do it. But I, I mean, I still have the decision factors. I think I don't think we lose any type of um, this. I you know, like this, I guess, yeah, decision factors is the word I'm probably going to go with. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, folks, anyone here, you've already heard Seth say he's he's. Ner- I don't want anyone holding you to like, oh no, you, like, you're not using good words or something. Um, so don't worry worry about that. It's more just that we understand the 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 what we're trying to communicate. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure I understand you as well, so I don't misrepresent you. And I see that you're trying to do the same. So the the issue here is, I'm going to argue when it comes to the doctrine of regeneration. This same doctrine of superintending is in play, that God works through a human author in such a way where God gets all the credit, and yet we experience that we chose God. Theologically, God chose us. The reason there seems to be so much debate over this is because people think that it's either or, and it's not an either or. It's not either or when it came to Scripture. It's not either or when it comes to sanctification, and therefore I don't think it's a stretch to say it's not either or when it comes to regeneration. God works through human beings in such a way that they will choose what he intended for them to choose without forcing them. He, You've already said, Paul but writes different. regeneration force? No. It, why, why is it, why is it, you're, you're, this is the whole thing that you're struggling with. The, look at the same thing that you said with Scripture. You mm-hmm. said Paul has his own personality. Mm-hmm. Paul chose what words he was going to choose. Yeah. And yet it says, Scripture says that that's what God intended to be written, that it's God breathed, that God breathed through the human authors, okay. as Peter would say. That, and he, he would say that it was, it was not by man, but by God that they wrote Scripture. Okay. So, so, okay, but you still... So people still play a part in in the writing of scripture. Like yes, I believe God is the ultimate source because He wanted this written. But people still have to like. I think Paul still had the choice to write these letters or not. And uh, thankfully, he wrote. He did make the right choice. But I think if if Paul decided not to write these letters, God would have used somebody else to to get His word written. I, I don't think that people are forced to do something that that God tells them to do. Well, I, I keep hearing the word force. Uh, that's, and that's what I think. Yeah, no, okay, so, okay. The, the in, reason, order, in order to believe, you have to be regenerated first. That's what the Calvinists believe, correct? Some, but... Uh, uh, I mean, and we don't have a choice to be regenerated, so that has to be done by no, force to us. No, see, and, and that's the, this is why I'm, I want to focus in on this. My guess, I could be wrong, my guess, you've probably read a lot of anti-Calvinist literature without reading Calvinist literature. I've read all of John Calvin's institutes, and I've read the Westminster Confession of Faith. That was probably five years ago, though, so I'm okay. not like up to date on it. But yeah, I, I mean, I, there, I, there be some good books you can read on the subject of people who will be explaining specifically the, this area. John Calvin's institutes even you know explain this stuff, and that's where many people will will build off of it. But it's it's not something that you. I mean, you can look at Augustine. Actually, that's where Calvin got it from, but. Um, and I would say Augustine got it from Scripture, but the, the point is this. You're, you're using words like forced, and that is, that's language that comes from those who disagree with Calvinism. And so if, if you want to have 
because you, you had said before we went on air, you, you're just looking for truth. You like to study right. for truth. Yeah, see, I, I didn't get this from other Calvinists. I got from non-Calvinists. I, this is what I, this seems like a logical conclusion. Like it, if I didn't choose to be regenerated, then, that, then God regenerated me by force. Well, no, because then God, then in, let, me, let me take your same logic and now apply it to Scripture. Did God force Paul to write, or did Paul write on his own, or did God work through Paul so that he could write? Right, yeah, God, God, God chose to use Paul because he knew what Paul would basically do. I, I, that, I, I believe in that type of foreknowledge, but I, I believe God still had the, or, sorry, I believe Paul still had the choice. I believe if he decided not to follow God, then God would have just used somebody else to write his letters. But Paul used his own words, right? Yeah. Okay. His own writing style, his own words. And yet that's exactly as God intended it to be? Yes. Okay. Because it's, it, it's, not, it's not the wording specifically. It's the, it's the actual intended message. It's the overall message. Actually, that's, no. That's it. It's actually down to the letter. I, mean, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Because Paul, I think, Paul will make arguments based on the tense of words. Right in okay. Galatians, he's going to say that you know that it said unto seed and not seeds. He's making a distinction based on the singularity of the word. Yeah, I, I so, agree in that instance, so, but I, I don't. But it, what could he use somebody else to do that exact same thing? Okay, so the point that I'm making is when we come to Scripture, you agree with what I say when it comes to regeneration. But when it comes to regeneration, you go, it has to be forced. It's either got to be a logical in both. Or it's got to be logical in both because they're the same scenario. So if, if you're going to say that God can work through human beings when it comes to writing a scripture, but when it comes to regeneration, he has to force it. Now, you're, you're taking this doctrine of superintending and not applying it properly. But that, okay, in my view, you have a choice in both issues, and you have a choice in both ways. Like, mm-hmm. Paul had a choice to write his, his letters— and Paul had a choice to be saved and accept what was happening to him. Yeah, so, it, what, but the issue is, you you focus a lot on, on Paul's choice. Okay. I'm focusing a lot on what God's doing, right? Okay. And so, what I'm trying to f- help you see is that we're, we're going to view this from God's perspective and say, did, did God force Paul to write Romans? I 100% disagree. I, I don't think he did, because, okay. because I believe okay. that, Good. that God... Good. Uh, no, but, but I don't believe that regeneration precedes faith either. Okay. I believe so, that faith comes first, and because you chose to have faith, then you will be regenerated. And okay. so it's not forced because it's consensual. He, he, went, he went through faith first. So you believe that, you, you would say that belief would come first? Yes. And you could believe on your I own? Think, I think it has to, yeah. Okay. Um, could, do me a favor, open to Philippians 1. And just while you're looking there, Philippians for folks is a book... Uh, Paul's writing to suffering Christians, people that are suffering, and he's going to make an argument about suffering, telling them about suffering. But he makes an argument in verse uh, 29 that is going to be specific to what we are talking about. Do you mind reading that, uh, Philippians 1.29? For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Okay. So your belief had to be granted by who? I believe that our belief is granted by God. I mean, everybody's belief was granted by God because God offers salvation to all people. Okay. So offers? Yeah. And so you're saying that you're saying he offers it. So are you saying that the ultimate thing that would save a person is their choice? 
uh, I believe God made that the, re- the requirement. Uh, let's see. Is it first Tim? No, that's not it. Okay, let me find the verse. If you tell me what you're looking for, I might be able to search for it. I know it's in Timothy. I just don't know exactly where. Okay. 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 For the grace of God has appeared we're, that we're, offers salvation to all people. Titus 2.11. Titus 2.11? Not Timothy. Sorry. Yep. Titus 2.11. Uh, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Right. Okay. What is that appearing? Uh, no, well, the translation I have, it says offers salvation to all people. I, offer, an offer can be brought, but a brought, uh, bringing salvation to all people doesn't necessarily mean that all people are going to be saved. Because just because something's brought to you doesn't mean people are necessarily going to accept it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> let, let's let's read there. For the grace of God has been uh, has appeared bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. So it tells us what that appearing is, right? That appearing, that the, the, the grace of God that you're referring to that's appearing is the instruction. It's the offer of salvation. It's in the same verse. It yeah. says the grace of God appeared that offers salvation to all people. Okay. So that is a that is what we would call a a general call. Calvinists believe in that. But but, they, but salvation isn't offered to all people in Calvinism. It's only offered to the elect. See again, you're this is where you're jump you're you're Using language I'm not hearing from Calvinists, I hear from anti-Calvinists, okay? So, there, then there, there's some Calvinists who, you know, would be harder line on this and say, no, it's, it's, it's only offered. But that's, I, I share the gospel on the streets to lots of people that are not the elect. I don't know who's well, going to be saved. That's because you don't know who the elect is. That's right. I don't, I don't so, know. Exactly. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you believe there are people in hell? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you believe the atonement is limited. It's limited to people who to believe. That's the condition. They have mm-hmm. to choose to believe. Okay. And yet, the belief is something they can't do unless it's granted by God. I believe that all people can believe. They just need to be told about Jesus. It says, it says that the passage about Romans earlier, it's like, um, it's like how can they believe in him and, and whom they have not heard? And how, and how can they hear without a preacher? It's saying that the only thing that people need to do is hear the word, hear the gospel, and then they can believe. Okay. So... Um, Again, you're you're. I'm focusing on on a certain area because you're saying that there's, you're, you're. It seems like your specific issue is with what's called the ordo salutis, the order of salvation. That okay. you want to argue that it's belief and mm-hmm. then regeneration. Okay, even though the you, you, your your argument would be that someone has to choose God before they choose Him. But here's the thing to think about, and, and this is why I asked the question earlier. If, man, if God did everything he could do, and now the ultimate thing is we choose God, who really is the ultimate saver? It's, if God required us to choose him, then he's still this ultimate savior. It, 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 you, you, have to, you have to assume that God didn't want us to choose him or didn't give us the ability to choose him. But if God desired for us to participate in his salvation act, then that's perfectly, that seems perfectly logical in my opinion. Okay. Do you have a passage where where it says that God set up this system in such a way that he requires us to believe? Because I've given you a, a 
at least one verse so far that says that God grants belief. So God gives us the belief. Like, grants us the ability to believe. That's not what it says. It has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, but also to suffer. Okay, if something's been granted to you, are you forced, therefore, to, to accept that? If, if, I, if I grant you, say, say a scholarship, I'm, like, I'm not forced to accept a scholarship. Uh, but in the context here, yes, he's saying you're forced to accept the, not only the belief, but the, the, but the suffering. You, so you're saying force now. No, I'm just saying from here, from using what you're saying, the context is saying that this which, is something which, which to is that? Uh, Philipp, the, the, Philippians the 129. Philippians 129. He's saying there that just as God gave us the belief, he gives us suffering. I don't see forced in the verse 29. Well, that's your language. You, you were the one that said it. So I'm just saying, no, yes, he, I can see said, that. He said that they were first to believe. It said, if you have been granted on your behalf of Christ, so, not only to believe in him, okay. but also to suffer in him. There, there's no force. Just like, I, I was the one that said, if you're granted, you're not necessarily forced. You're the one that said, well, yes, in this context, you are forced, but there's no force in that verse. Okay. So I'm what I'm saying that verse is teaching is that we are given belief, just I, I as we're given. I believe that you can believe in anything you want. Like, uh, like that would be like. I understand. I understand that's what you believe. I'm just saying, what does Scripture say? Right? Well, let's think about it logically. Like, so people that believe in in Islam, God didn't grant them belief in Islam. You don't believe that, right? You don't believe that God granted people belief in Hinduism or Buddhism or. Atheism, well, macro evolution, yeah, right? no, you can believe I, in anything. You can choose to believe in anything. Yeah, that would be part of the sin nature, right? That's because but, 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 people but, believe. Yeah, it's, because, still, it's belief. It's just strong no, it's not, belief in something. There's a, there's a big difference. Maybe we have a bigger issue. Maybe you don't understand what it, belief means in Christianity. So the idea here is that it is not believing in self, but the, to believe in God. There's a big difference in a works righteous system, which every religion is is going to give or is going to believe. I don't believe believing is works because Paul says that faith is not a work of the law. I didn't say it, it was works. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, okay. What, what I want you to do, I want you to actually listen to what I'm saying. Okay. Yes, sir. And because what you're doing is you're 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 trying to respond, but you're not listening. So we're talking Islam. Mm-hmm. You brought up Islam, so I'm talking about Islam. Islam is a works-righteous system. Same with every other false religion. So, Islam isn't. It's the same as Calvinism, to be honest. Like, Islam, God chooses who's going to be saved and who's not. Like, even even Muhammad says that he doesn't know if he's going to be saved. Like, when I was reading the Quran, it says that in there. It, like, it's it's solely on the on Allah's will to on, choose on a, who is going to go. Allah's mercy. And, who's not. and, and what, what do they do to, to earn Allah's mercy? It doesn't say they can one, do anything. One like, good deed counts for ten that. bad. Like I said, Muhammad even said that he doesn't know if he's going to get to paradise because there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's, it's solely based you on no. There is there, there is something you could do to earn it in Islam. There's there's if you die in a jihad, you automatically that is get true. into his. I, I, I agree. With if that. you I agree with but that. in the Quran it talks about doing one good deed will pay for ten bad. That is works. Okay, every every single man-made religion is made up by man because they're, they, they want to not submit to God. They want to submit to self. They, they want themselves to rule. And so they create a religion that they, where they get to do the works. Okay? They get to make the... They're the ones who get to make the choice that determines whether they go to heaven or hell. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, 
I, I believe it. it's generally it's true, but I don't think it applies specifically to every single religion. So, um, the 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 thing here is when we're looking at Philippians one twenty nine, mm-hmm. this is talking about the idea of being pardoned or okay. or forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. This is what's being granted it's it we're being this is where the we have the belief it comes from god the whole part of what this is saying is that just as the suffering has been graciously given to god and we don't think of it as gracious so has our belief that the argument he's making that paul's making in philippians to these people who are suffering when people are suffering they they can feel like why is this happening to me his mm-hmm. argument is just as God has given you salvation, he has given you suffering. And so we have to look at what God's doing in this. That's basically what his argument is. But, but I, I, like I said, I still don't see how granted equals you have to accept it. Like it's not Okay, but no one said that. See, you keep saying that and you're not listening to what you, I'm saying. You're the one that said that though. No. You did say that. No, what I said was that this proves that you're when you say faith or belief comes before regeneration, this mm-hmm. verse disagrees with you. This verse says God grants it and then you no. believe. No, he grants the offer. Like that's, that's what that's what uh, Titus is saying. Like the, okay. he, he, hold on, he hold brings on. salvation to us. He, he lays it before us and says, Look, this is how you be saved. This is the only way to get to heaven. This is the only way you can be saved. I'm requiring you to participate and accept this in, in order to okay. be saved. So do you believe that the Bible has contradictions? No, I don't okay. believe the Bible Good. contradicts at all. So here's the problem. You're, you're, you keep leaving this passage in its context to jump to another passage with a different context. This, this passage doesn't say that, that because they are granted faith that they, that they have to accept it. Okay, this this passage says that God gave them the belief. Your argument is that we have to believe first. This passage says God does it first, you see? And that's, so we could jump all over the Bible, but you have to first deal with this one. This passage is saying that God granted belief. Your right. whole thing you know, is that... I, I get to choose whether I accept that or, or reject it. If I, so, I'm granted a scholarship, I get to choose why I accept the scholarship or I, I reject the scholarship. It would be dumb to, get, to, to deny the scholarship. It would be dumb to deny salvation. This is, this, still, is a canceled, not, this is a canceled. This is the 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 idea here is a canceled debt, mm-hmm. right? A pardon, right? So this isn't something that you get to. This is okay. given. Let, let's let's say a pardon. A pardon is offered to me because I committed a crime. Okay, and a pardon is offered me, and I I say I I don't want this pardon. I want I want to try yeah. and get off on my own my own merits or whatever it is. Like, so all right, here's the thing. It, I don't know. Do you do you listen to Leighton Flowers? Just uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that makes sense then. Then a lot of what you're doing makes sense because this is where Leighton has his problems as well. You're arguing from analogy, not from scripture. Okay, but I, I can argue from scripture. Uh, we just haven't oh. got to the verses that I want to provide yet. I, I know, but the point is, well, we can. Well, I don't disagree with the ones that you wanted to provide, it, like in the Titus one. See, I don't have a problem right. with that. I don't. I don't disagree with this okay. one because I believe granted doesn't mean forced. I know, you're just not... See, the difference is I'm using hermeneutics. I'm looking at what this word means. I'm looking at the context, and every time I read the context, you go, well, let me give you an example here. Let me give an example there. 
I, the, I'm, I'm using your verse, but in your verse, it doesn't say that because it's granted that I am forced to accept it or that I have to accept Like that's that's like, and that's not what I'm saying. So if you're going to keep getting onto this forced thing, I've, I've never that once. Is what you're like, no, it's I've I've been really how clear. How did, I, how did I get it? Unless God gave it to us. So so what? Let me be really clear. What this is talking about is that God gives belief. And do I have a choice? I, that's not the issue. So why don't you move away from that and deal with what the text says? The text says God gives the belief. Your argument is we believe, and then God gives us faith. This verse would disagree. The verse does not disagree with anything that I say. Well, okay. Because what you're doing, okay, part of it is you're, you're not looking at the context. You're, you're looking at a grant, and you're going, well, I, can, I could be granted a, a scholarship. But is that the, how this word is being used? No. That's not how this word I, is I used. I can be granted a pardon. I use the exact same wording you were using. I can be granted a pardon, but I still have free, you're denying free will. You're no, saying no. that I don't have the choice to, to reject it or not. I deny that. The, I deny that the will is free, yes. I don't deny free will. Um, the, the issue that you, you, I'm going to bring up again is you're, we're looking at the context. What is Paul's argument? So you're saying, so let me, let me just use your argument. You're saying that we could choose whether we suffer or not. When, when God brings suffering in our life, we could choose whether we, we suffer or not. Yeah, we could reject Christ and not have to suffer for that anymore. That, that ends suffering? No, if we, well, okay, the, the initial suffering, no, but we'll have suffering later. Like, there's no, there's no avoid, avoiding the consequences of, devoid, of, of rejecting Christ. But, I mean, if, I, I, Jesus even talks about people turning away late, later times because they'll be facing suffering. So it's like they, like they turn away from the faith because they don't want to face the, the consequences. Of, of, so, so the context of this is that the suffering is inevitable. So when you when you say, well, I can choose, well, that's not the context that Paul's using this in. His whole argument to the Philippians is that this is inevitable. You're saying that every single Christian has to suffer? Or he will I'm saying suffer. that's what Scripture would say is that they all will, but he's but he's spe- speaking to a specific uh, people, right? So these and, these, and they are suffering. Suffer. I agree with that. And, and what's he maybe. saying? He's saying that that suffering is inevitable, just like your belief that God gave. The point I'm pointing out is you're saying you're saying there's an order. You're, you're saying necessary inevitable in the in the text. Okay, you you we'd have to look more at this context again. But what what I'm showing you, trying to show you, is that the order, you keep jumping to force to believe. You, you're, you're jumping to the to arguments that I'm not making. That's a logical conclusion. If I don't it's have not a choice a, to believe, then, okay. you, then it has to be forced on me. Then I'm going to go, only, okay, we're going to go, the only conclusion. okay, so you're saying it's the only conclusion. We're going to go back to, then the only conclusion is God wrote the Bible or Paul, which one it did it. That's not correlated at all. To it's an exact thing. It's the exact same thing. I'm using the same doctrine, the same argument in both scenarios. Ow. You are not. You, okay. Listen, like, show, you, show me how they correlate. Okay. You say that it's illogical, right, to to apply that God could work through a human being so that they make choices that God intends when it comes to salvation, but not when it comes to the Bible, the writing of Scripture, right? So No, I believe they have the choice both in both scenarios. I'm consistent. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I am. I said Paul has the choice, and I said that people have the choice in this. In this, okay. this is when God and then you keep saying that it had the. But you just said the only logical conclusion is God forced. 
You just said that. No, 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 I said if they don't have a choice. If they don't have a when, choice, when did I say they? Did, when did I say course. they don't have a choice? You said that this is granted to them. It's inevitable. Okay. If it's when, inevitable, then they don't have a choice. When did I say that they don't have a choice? You said it's inevitable. If something is inevitable, when, it has to happen. No matter what, necessarily. Okay, I'll, I'll ask a third time. When did I say they don't you're, have a choice? This is semantics, dude. No, this it's is, not semantics. The, the problem is you're playing a semantical game and you're not listening to me. No, you I'm haven't not. heard a thing I'm I've consistent. said. I, I understand you think you're consistent, Seth, but tr- you're not. One thing you're not doing, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're putting words in my I mouth. I am hearing you are being logically inconsistent. Okay, how am I being logically inconsistent? Because you are saying that if something is granted to you, then it is inevitable that this will happen to you. Inevitable means that it necessarily will happen. So there's no choice in the matter. You don't get a choice. Okay. Um, could Paul have written something in the scripture that God did not intend? Possibly. I, I don't know. Really? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, okay. It, it wouldn't have been scripture if he did, but... That's right. He could. Yeah, so... Paul wrote other letters, but God didn't breathe through those letters. He wrote, sure, he, sure. we know of at least one or two other letters to Corinth. They were not inspired. Okay. So, so the, the doctrine of, in, of superintendent didn't apply to them. Okay. That's not I'm, God's word. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay. So, again, I've never said that we don't have choices. I, I've been really clear in this, that what I'm addressing with, the, with Philippians 1.29 is the argument that you said that we believe first, and then God grants salvation. And this verse says that God grants the belief, which means God has to be the actor first. No, no, I said that God brings salvation to all people. That, the, that bringing is the first action. That's, that gift, that offer, is the first action of God. Our, okay. like, our choice is the response that, to that first action. So, wait, that... So God, the first God act, still did, did the first granting. The first action is the general call, is what you're saying. Yes. When did the when did the general call I begin? A, I don't call it a general call, but I, I believe it happened at Jesus' death. At Jesus' death. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when when did God elect? I don't believe the same definition that Calvin has used for election. I don't believe it's individuals to salvation. I believe it's more of a corporate election. More you know, actually, even on that, I'm not 100. Um, percent I really don't have a. Uh, it's, a firm okay. conclusion, because it's, it's a confusing topic, to be honest. It's actually not. It's only confusing for those that want to deny Calvinism. It's a very no. easy topic. When, when, no. when, Paul, when Paul writes in Romans that he cho- he, God elected not Esau, but Isaac. That's, that's personal. That's not nations. Now, Romans the, the, 9 was the, actually written to, to the Jewish nation. It was every single... Wait, wait, say, say that again? Say that again? Romans 9 was written about uh, religious Jews. Okay. You can look at like, every single uh, example used in Romans 9 is one from Jewish history. Yes. Like, it's, uh, so it's like he's talking to people who believe that their works and that their genealogy was saving them. And he was telling them that, no, that's not true at all. They're like, God can, can uh, he was actually talking to people who were complaining about Paul taking salvation to the Gentiles. And he's in. Paul responds to them saying, "God can have mercy on whoever He wants." And okay. He's not saying that He's limiting that to people. He's saying that He will have mercy on everyone. All right. Well, let's let's see. Let's read the context. Okay. okay. Ephesians chapter one verse three. Wait, I thought we were doing Romans. We doing Ephesians now? Yeah. Well, I asked the question: When when did God elect? When did okay. He choose? So what so, was it, Ephesians one? Ephesians one three. And and you said this has to do with corporate. So let's 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 see. Romans one three. 
it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, is that is that corporate or is that personal? That we've been blessed with every it spiritual blessing? who the us is. I believe the us is writing to the church in Ephesus. So Just to the church, yes. not individuals. Well, I believe it's, it's to believers in general. Okay, to believers. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's personal. Uh, the, in general. In general means not personal. It means... In general, so it's not. It's so believers are not. It's all, it people? applies to all believers. It doesn't apply to specific individuals. It applies to all believers. Yeah, and those believers are individuals, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm saying it's not. It's not written to specific individuals. It's written to believers in general, like to yeah. everyone who believes. Well, you're sounding like a Calvinist. Good, um, because that would be the Calvinist way of looking at it. Um, so. He's blessed us with every with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, right. that we would be holy and blameless before him. Right. In, says, notice those words, in him. You weren't in him until you believed. You weren't in him at the foundation of the world because you didn't believe at the foundation of the world. You're only in him when you believe. Yes, but he chose us. Before he created the shows world, us, shows us in him, shows us. So that us doesn't apply to individuals who haven't believed so yet. Let, let it only me, applies to people who have believed. So that us is talking about believers. It, it is, you know. I I think what would benefit you greatly, uh, much more than listening to Leighton Flowers, would be to take some classes on hermeneutics. Leighton would benefit from it as well, because what you're doing is you're coming to the scriptures with a conclusion, and you're trying to fit it into the Scriptures, no, what it doesn't not at all. say. I'm letting the Scriptures say what they say. Okay. I, I believe that you are actually coming with a presupposition as to what it actually means, and I'm trying to apply it to the Scriptures. Okay. What, I'm, what I've been doing is reading the Scriptures. In the other passage, I, I read the Scriptures, I kept reading it over and over, and you kept putting in the word forced. When no, you, no, you did that. You said it was inevitable. You, That's what forced means. When... when in, in that case, he it was saying... It doesn't say inevitable in, the, in, that, in anywhere in the context. Okay. You're right. It doesn't have that exact word. However, I'm, I'm going to say this again. What I said in that passage, I kept pointing out that the belief has been granted, and you kept talking about choices. That wasn't what I was talking about. That wasn't what the passage is talking about. The passage that's doesn't not say there. It's inevitable. It doesn't say that it, you don't have a choice. That's, not, that's what I'm pointing out. It doesn't say that your choice is not. He's up. saying to those people who were suffering, that were suffering, and their suffering was inevitable, that their suffering was, that they had... That, Huh? It doesn't say that it's inevitable. Okay, the context. But it, I don't care. I'm not making a big deal over the word inevitable. You are, because okay. I'm not the one that made that the issue. You did. The you point I made though. was that that passage says that God grants the belief. I didn't say it has anything to do with choices. You did. You read that in. You're reading a whole lot in. All I'm doing is reading the scriptures. On this one, all I'm doing is reading the scripture. I'm not reading anything in it. I, okay. I, I'm saying then, then let's let's look at it. Granted, doesn't mean that I'm 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 just I'm just okay. specifically just reading it and saying nothing in there says that it's inevitable. Nothing in there says that I I have to believe or that I have to suffer. I never said that at all. With that, you keep going back to this. See, this is the thing that's so frustrating. Let's go to a different, go to a different so, because it's not. It, we're not. We're just talking past listen, each other. Okay, so I'll ask the question again. According to this text, when did God choose? Which text? In, uh, in Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. When did God choose us? He chose believers before the foundation of the world. He didn't choose us specifically. He chose believers. And believers are not people? No, they are people. 
So what does he mean? Generally, like I chose, I, he chose people who believe, people who are in, in Christ, in him, to be holy and blameless, to, to be conformed to the image of the Son. It doesn't say that he chose individuals to, to be saved, or he didn't, it doesn't say he chose individuals to... Yet to, everything um, in this is talking about individual salvation. He predestined us. He's us speaking about us. believers, people and, who are in him. Yeah, he's not saying, he, he's not, he didn't say Christians. He's not saying Christians in a general sense anywhere in here. He didn't say individuals either. Uh, that's what the us is. The it's us, us is believers. We're yeah. still disagreeing Sep- on that. Separated from the those who, in your case, you'd be saying the non-believers? Right. Aren't they still people? Yeah. Okay. So, thank you. That They yeah, are individuals. <laughs> it's just only people in, in him. It's just, he chose people in him. You're not in him until you believe. Hey, okay. He's not choosing... So, let me see if I understand. You're saying he's choosing uh, when we believe. Mm-hmm. No. So, he's... he's but the in him, you're saying that somehow applies to the the the, the cross or the, uh, when we believe him. us who are in him. Like so he's talking about believers, only the people that are in him. He's not talking about specific individuals. He's not saying that Larry, I chose Larry to be saved. He's saying I chose believers to be holy and blameless, to live a holy and blameless life. That's why that's what okay. he chose believers to do. He didn't choose us to just say that we're believing and then still go live a life of sin. He chose us to be holy and blameless. Okay. Well, let me let me let me try to deal with uh, something else. Um, I think I think people are seeing. You know, I, I don't think you see what you're doing, but I think others from the comments are. Um, t- turn to Second Timothy two twenty four to twenty six. Your whole argument of the will not is is free, right? Well, two twenty four through twenty six. Yeah. Second Timothy two. Second Timothy two twenty four. It says this, the, Lord, the Lord's slave, it says bondservant in most translations, but the Lord's slave must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. Mm-hmm. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth. So first off, we see again, God is the one giving, granting this, giving mm-hmm. this, all right? Now, it's, as we look at your issue with the will, so God grants them repentance, leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been captive to him to do his will. Now, that seems to indicate, if they're captive to doing Satan's will, that they're not having the free will that you, you claim. We also see in here that... I don't see that at all. Th- you don't see that? No. Okay. I don't see anything about their free will being... being Who's, Whose will are they away. captive to? They're captive to Satan's will. That doesn't mean okay. their free will is gone. Well, do you understand the difference between free will and will? I mean, not really. It doesn't... Okay. Uh, so, so a free will would be that they could choose to follow Satan or choose to follow God. A, a will means they can make choices. Can a human being choose... Completely why on why his. Why would God design a system where people cannot choose to follow Him? Okay, so you think that it, God would never command us to do anything we can't do? Uh, that I, will, I don't think God would ever command us to do something we have no ability to do. Okay, can you be holy as God is holy? No. Okay, then God has commanded you about two or three dozen times 
in Leviticus alone I believe, I believe to be holy. Taught, like, I don't believe you can be holy in every single aspect of your life. That's the command. Be holy as God is but holy. You, you, you can do holy things, like say, for, 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 you can say one day or one hour you could be holy. You're, you're like, doing, you can be holy temporarily. Can, like, you, I, I can you be holy as God is holy? It doesn't give me a time parameter. So, okay, yes, for one minute I can be holy as God is holy if I That's don't do anything blasphemy. wrong. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. You, you think that blasphemy? you could be... We're, we can never be holy as God is holy. We'll, we'll never be able to be completely separated from sin as God, God is. Why, why, would tell, why would God tell us to do something or command us to do something that we can't, that he knows we can't do? Why does that, it matter? Seems like, that seems like insulting to God's intelligence. No, that's insulting to God that you think that you have the right to tell God how he can do things. He told us. He told us he to told be us. holy. He told us to be holy for he is holy. So he thinks that we have the ability to do that. No, he knows we don't have the ability, but that's the standard nonetheless. That seems like, a, a, well, that seems like it's an insult to God's intelligence then, to, to no. command something for people who can't do it. Okay, again, th- I think the main thing that you're struggling with is it seems you have a high view of God, or sorry, a high view of man and a low view of God. No, no, I have the highest view of God. Okay, but you God think, is but a, you're down God considerably. Okay, why? Because we actually, okay, look, here's the thing. You said that God would never command us to do something we can't do. I gave you a command that He, t- you cannot do, I cannot do. We cannot be holy I, I, as God is I holy. Take back, I, I, I take that back. I do believe that you can be holy for, say, a second. One second, and, and you did it. Okay. No. And folks, I hope, I hope for, for those who are listening and watching, you're seeing, when, when anybody has a system, whatever system, I don't care what system it is, when they put the system above the scriptures, this is what you're you have putting Calvinism above scriptures. No, I'm not. I yeah, never actually said I was a Calvinist, did I? Do it? I never said yeah. I was a Calvinist, did I? But it's what you're defending. Oh, I could, I could defend Islam. I can make a defense of Islam. I don't have to believe in it. Okay. So, I stand corrected. You know, I, as a debater, I have to be able to debate any side. It's okay. something that the, the way I was raised is being Jewish, most, <laughs> you're raised to debate. It's just you, you have to be able to debate any, any side um, to fully understand an argument. And this is the thing. I understand both sides of this argument because I've read I, both sides. I, you've, I agree too. I've seen, you've I've read, read one side. Arguments of both. No, I've listened, to, I've listened to James White. Like I said, I've read, I've read the uh, Calvin's Institutes. I've read the Westminster Confession of Faith. I've listened to the best arguments on both sides, and I, I, I think Calvinism comes up short every single time. But what we're seeing here is when we come to passages like this, where it says that God gives, and that's the the word in in First uh, Timothy, uh, sorry, Second Timothy two twenty five. The word for grant here is to give. He gives okay. repentance. Right, right. If, if, I, if I give you a gift, are you are, do you are you is it inevitable that you have to receive it? Okay, folks, watch what he just did there. It's it's the Leighton Flowers tactic. You give you give scripture. Let's let's go over here to an illustration. I'm just asking you what scripture says. Scripture says yeah, that I God gives. It. It. But that's what I'm saying. You're, you're saying that just because it's granted, that what that it's inevitable that that I have to accept it. I didn't say that, did I? Well, okay. Then, then I, what, what I said it, was it, that it, God it, gives it. We don't choose. God gives. Yeah. Okay. So so when it comes, and, and I'm saying the, that the, we don't. The we issue, still get a choice. The issue that you have is you make the same mistake. That many on the, that many Calvinists would make as well, that you think it's an either or. 
you think that God has to choose us before we choose him, or that it has to be that we choose God before he chooses us. And the reason both sides have a problem is because they don't take the time to sit and understand how we got our scripture, how we do good works. It's the doctrine of superintending. This is the thing you you have yet to fully comprehend that argument. I think you're still putting these doctrines above God's word. Like you're not just letting God's word say what it says in its plain reading of the text. Uh, you're, you're just still going to these other doctrines. And, I'm, I'm the one that's doing a plain reading of the text. You're the one that's reading yeah, things. You're, you're, no, you're going to these doctrines. You're going no, to these I'm, doctrines. I'm saying if perhaps God grants them repentance, that God grants belief. Right. And, and okay. you're saying... That well, that's forced. I didn't. That's no, not I, in the I'm text not, here. I'm saying he granted it to me. That doesn't mean I have to accept it. That doesn't mean okay. anybody has to accept it. Okay, so it's you, just granted. So then you would not believe that God is sovereign, correct? No, that's not the definition of sovereign. Sovereign means uh, he's in control. Uh, no, no, that's not what the definition of sovereign says. Let's look it up. The idea of sovereignty means in control. Supreme ruler or monarch, especially a monarch. Supreme ruler, supreme power. And what are you, where, where are you looking that up? Dictionary. Okay. So, again, we, we don't go to a, uh, an English dictionary to look so up we, theological so terms. Our own, our own, um, yeah, we look at theological, we yeah, we look at theological dictionaries. Yeah, no, because theological dictionaries are written by Calvinists. Sovereignty does not mean that you're, you're a puppet master and you control every single thing that happens. Uh, who said that? Oh, wait, Love that's it. right. No one. Okay. I, okay. I, we've I, I, we've I, I, we have already I, I, I we've already we have already said that determinism is not what's being discussed. Okay, but that would be the ultimate sovereign God, though, would it not? No, like it isn't. Puppet master. See again, he, because you don't understand superintending, Seth. God can work well, through that's a people. That, you, that you're that you're going to. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't understand it because I don't go to other doctrines outside the Bible. Okay. So you okay? You don't accept doctrines outside the Bible. Who wrote the Book of Romans? I'm just going to keep going back to this until it drills into you, because this is the doctrine that you say you'll accept in one area, but you say it's illogical in another. Who wrote the doctrine of superintendents? Did God write that? Is that inspired? Yeah, no, that was that was by men. Okay, then why are you going to that? So you're saying you only will look at things from Scripture? That's not what I said. But I'm saying that okay, it doesn't then, hold, then it doesn't, I'm saying it doesn't necessarily hold any authority other than what you apply to it. Yeah, the, but it is doctrines outside of Scripture do not necessarily hold any authority at all. Like, like you might agree, you might agree with these doctrines, but they don't necessarily hold any authority. I agree that the Bible has authority. Yeah, but it, where it holds authority is this: you say in one area it's illogical, but then the exact same thing is logical in another area. When it's the same exact show, argument. Show me, how, show me my double standards. Okay. Like, wh- wh- You're I'm saying, saying that God can't... One, not another. I'm saying that God works through human beings in the writing of Scripture. And God works through human beings in bringing them to repentance. And right, you're saying I, that's I, illogical. I that they have the choice in both aspects. I, I say that they, they, God does work through people. People allow God to work through them. And when you, when you say God that the people allow God, then who is the ruler? God, God or the person? God gave them the ability to allow himself. Like God, God Where, wants what verse is that? What verse says what you just said there? That God gives us that, this ability. Because you, you're, mean, you're I, saying I, you I, only I, trust I, in Scripture. And this is a major thing that you keep hanging on, is that God somehow set up this system where we beget, we can choose, and God can't work against this, it seems, But you're because keep, you keep saying this. No, 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 I never said that at all. I well, never said that God you, can't work against us. You said this is the system that God set up, and you said earlier that the only way is that we would choose God. 
I think if, if God, like, if, okay, let's use a big if, if God set that system up, then that is how it is. If okay. God wants so, us so to participate right. and, and choose and be consensus so in, in now, receiving his faith. Yeah, no, no. Here's the thing. Show me in scripture where that system is. Because you, 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 you the, the whole thing that you keep saying is that if God set up this system this way, right. and yet you can't find any scripture that supports that this is the way he set it up. I can show sure, you Romans sure, chapter yeah. 9 sure. and Romans chapter 10 and say, here you have God's sovereignty and human responsibility. I see them both there. And yet but you say I, that's illogical. But I, don't, I don't see how you can say that they have human responsibility if if it was not granted to them in the first place. Like, how can they be responsible? Like I said, this is like commanding a person with no legs to jump. If, they, if God never granted uh, faith to people, then, then they can't be accused of not having or not choosing to have faith. There's um, no moral culpability. There's someone that just dropped out of backstage named Pedro. Pedro, if you're if you're still watching, uh, I was going to go to you at the at the actually in about six minutes we were going to go. I was going to go to your question. So if you're still watching, you could pop back in. I know you've been here for about an hour, and I wanted to get to you. Uh, just wanted to wrap this up. But uh, so Pedro, if you want to jump back in, if you if you're still there. So um, here here's the thing. You're saying that if God set up the system, but the burden of proof is on you that God actually did set up that system. Okay, so it, let me read some verses. It, um, in Ephesians one thirteen, it says, "When you believed, you were marked in Him with the Spirit." With this, or, sorry, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It says, "When you believed, then you were marked and sealed in the Spirit." Yeah, that I'm not going to dispute that because that is after you're regenerated. But, that's at regeneration. But you that's a, that's, to, that's before you believe, huh? So you you you. you you believe regeneration comes before you believe, don't you? No. You don't? No, I never said that, did I? No. Okay. This is, I, I, this I, is I, the I, point I that, this is the whole thing that I'm trying to tell you why you're not listening. You, you but, have, you've, you've been so busy trying to debate what you think I believe, you've never listened to what I actually believe. This is the doctrine of superintending. No, it's not. Okay, you're, you're, okay. when you're saying something is granted to you, when faith is granted to you, it's, it's given to you, it's forced upon you. I didn't say that. No. I've actually, you go back and you listen to how many times I corrected you that I not said that it's forced. But that's the so, only yeah. argument you have is to say that, that this is what Calvin is believe. It means it's forced. Like, if it's granted, okay, so okay. if it's granted, then listen, people have a choice. I'll, I'm going to ask you to drop the inevitable thing because you're taking that out of the context of what I said there and what I meant. I, I, to to those people who were suffering, the suffering was just as was inevitable. And he's saying the same God that gave you this gave you, you belief. You said inevitable, not me. You you were the one that brought it up and started with the is it inevitable? I but agree. You just said that, it's inevitable, and you're saying it's not. You're not saying it's inevitable. You're contradicting yourself. Yeah, because you're using it out of context. But there's no context that says inevitable. You're using what I what I said out of context, and I've corrected you about half a dozen times, and yet you still do it, which tells me you're not listening. You keep doing it, dude. I what? You keep doing it. You, like you. Said, you're right. I keep correcting no, you. No, you. No, you keep saying something, and then I'll I'll repeat back what you just said, and then you'll say no, I didn't say that. I didn't say it in that context. Correct. There's, there's con- words have context. I was saying specific. You, you were the one that brought up the inevitable. I know that that this is something you're hung up on with the enforcement. You brought up the inevitable. Okay, you we'll, just we'll go back and re-listen. Five minutes ago, just five minutes ago, you said it because you brought it up again. You said that their suffering is okay. inevitable. The, I didn't say that. 
Yes, because you brought it up and I was trying to explain to you yet again how you were using it, not in the context that I gave it, okay? I, I see you're getting frustrated. I don't want you getting frustrated, but the reality is, is that you're, you really, I'm just, I'm going to strongly encourage you to take some classes on hermeneutics, okay? I, I, it, seriously, because you're, you're making mistakes and you, oh, I know you don't, I know you, you haven't shown me any mistakes that I've made. Well, all I've done, I've read scripture and you read into scripture. So I exegeted, you eisegeted. No, you so, eisegeted, I exegeted. Really? Okay. So, so when I read, <laughs> when I read that our, that God may grant them repentance, does God mm-hmm. grant them repentance? Sure. Okay. So God gives it to them. Yeah. And yet, and there's not a thing of choice here. Yes, there is. There's nothing that says there is no choice. Uh, it's saying that God gives it. Where's the choice? Yeah. When I receive a, a gift on Christmas, I don't have to take that. There's right. the illustration again. Thank you very much. You, you, you're proving it over and over again that you're you're not dealing with what text the text says. You go, when I get a gift, okay. gift at Christmas. Let's use the this, exact words of the text. If God grants me faith, I do not have to 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 use that faith. I don't have to do it. I still have the choice. I'm using your exact same verse. I'm not using an alliteration. I'm not using any kind of a different example. Just because something is granted to me, like like faith, doesn't mean that I'm forced to, to have to have faith. Like just because I'm granted the ability to have faith does not mean I'm forced to have faith. Yeah, I mean, the, the point that I'm trying to show you is that when you're reading in choice into that, you did it in both passages that I gave you. Because I, I don't believe the Bible... The Bible assumes choice in, in so there, okay. all its Okay, there you go. That, that was a perfect, thank you. That is a perfect point to how you're eisegeting the text. You're reading something into the text. You're saying that this is what you expected to, to talk no, about. You're, you're doing the exact same thing you're no. accusing me of. You're saying that we don't have a choice. No, no, There's no, the, the, no, watch, watch. Let me, let me show you again. For to you, it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe, and I'm saying that means that it is that Christ is granted to us to believe exactly what the text says. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. say because based on our choice, that's not what the text says. You you go oh in Him, in Him, in Him, it, yeah. But in Him doesn't say in Him you believe. It doesn't say in Him who believes. It says in Him. But you add the belief in there. In both those passages, you focus on the in him, and you say that that is at salvation. Uh, and you're, you did this a couple of times. So here, here's the thing that, that— You're not proving that because something's granted that it's that, why that, did, that you don't have a choice. Okay, why did I bring up the Philippians one twenty nine? Because you think that, it, that that proves that faith is forced upon the people. Okay, that's great. That they don't have a choice. I want you to go back and listen because I said it half a dozen times throughout. I brought this up to show you If you that, don't have a choice, then how do they get it? It's got to be forced. Like, that's the only logical conclusion. Really? And yet you don't have that same logical conclusion when it comes to the Bible. Did God force Paul to write it? No. Okay. I don't believe he did. So, so God can work through a human being, Yeah. work even within their choices, so that their choices are what God intends it to be. Yes, and that's exactly how faith works. Like, God intends people to make their own choices to have faith. So God does love. the working, Correct. I mean, yes-ish, but God still requires us to participate in that work. Okay, I, I don't see where God requires us to, but God works through us it. to, and there's a big difference there. It's, it's, the, it's the difference between, and, and this, is, this is the thing. When, I, when I'm reading these texts, 
I'm trying to show you that it is not some chronological thing that you believe first, and then God gives us... That's not what I said at all. You're not listening to me. I said that God offers it first. God offers it to all people first, and then we have the responsibility to respond to that offer. And the offer, that what, I'm, what we call the general call, mm-hmm. okay, is an offer to all people. I agree. The, but yet the passages we are looking at are not, you've said we're not to all people. Like in Ephesians, you're saying that's not all people. Those are just to, to those that are in Christ. Well, that was talking about the chosen, though. Okay, it so, so, it so then... It didn't say it was all people in that passage. And it wouldn't say it's all people in this passage either, because they're in what, Christ. Which one? In Philippians one twenty nine, or or the, the Second Timothy passage. Both okay, have the word in Christ. That. That's applied to all people. Okay. So then what you end up seeing is that it's not the call that you're just applied. You're saying that, this, that that's what comes first. But you're saying that there's two different calls. I'm saying there's a general call so, that, so that the, we give to all people. That? And then there is election where God has chosen before the foundation so, of time. So, so why would God call everyone if he already chose the winners and losers of the foundation of the world? Well, that seems redundant. It's like, that's a waste of time. Why call people who he knows so are why never does, going to come? Why do, do you think you know more than God? That you're, no, that, okay, then Then why do you not, I mean, here's what Scripture says, but you're going, well, this this is illogical or it doesn't make sense to you. But here's yeah, the and, you're, and you're reading it, and your interpretation of it, it doesn't make sense. And yet, the, the humorous thing is time and time again, you have when I back you into a corner, you agree with my position not, over and over and again. That's that's the, that's the irony. Okay. I haven't been in a corner yet. <laughs> okay. You have said over and over that you end up, when I push you, that you end up agreeing with the position that I said that God works through human beings. Yeah. So God chooses first. He ends up working first. They still have the consent to let God work through them. You, you see how you can't even answer that question? It's so hard for you because that question is is the whole issue. It. I told you what my view is. Okay. You're just not accepting my view. No, I'm asking you to answer the question. It's a yes or no I question. my question. It's not an answer you're, to your you're, question. You're qualifying it. Why can't I qualify it? What rule says I can't qualify something? Okay, so you're saying that even though God did this before you were born, before you were born— You're God, assuming that the election before I was born is to salvation. I don't agree with that. You don't? No. Okay, um, let me ask you this because Pedro didn't come back in. So— when when were you forgiven? When I believed. When you believed. Okay. Could you do me a favor and open to the book of Colossians? Which uh, chapter and verse we looking at? Um, if you could turn to Colossians two fourteen. Okay. And what I want to do with in Colossians two fourteen. Um, actually, let's let's back up a little bit and read verse thirteen. When you were dead in your trespasses, uh, when you were dead in your in your transgressions, and uncircumcised in the flesh, he made you alive with him, having forgiven you all transgressions. So, mm-hmm. are all our this is dealing with? Can we agree this is dealing with all of our transgressions? Sure. Okay. So. Having canceled out the certificate of debt, what does it mean to cancel out the certificate of debt? The pardon. The pardon. Okay. So it means that the, the debt is forgiven. You don't yeah. owe anything. Okay. Having canceled out the, the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he has taken it out of the way, 
and nailed it to where? The cross. The cross. So is when were you forgiven according to this? When was that canceled? When you believe or at the cross? Okay, I, I agree. It, it, um, the, the cross paid for the salvation of all people, but until I believed, I did not receive credit for that pardon. I did not receive... Yeah, that... that. I guess is a more clarification. And, and so, yeah, so God, and I said that at the beginning, like Christ paid the debt for all mankind at the, at the cross. And that's when the offer is to all mankind comes at the cross. Okay. And then, but I don't receive that until I actually believe. I don't, I don't, I don't get covered by that pardon until I do the condition, which is belief. All right. And see here again, for you to look at what I'm doing is I'm reading the scripture and I'm accepting what the scripture says. Uh, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of the decrees against us, which which was hostile to us, that he has taken them away and nailed them to the cross. I'm not reading anything more into that. I'm reading I'm it either. just as it is. No, you did. I, I don't, I, I, how did I change it? Because that says that, that the, the forgiveness is at the cross. The debt was paid at the cross, not when we so, believed. It has nothing to do with our belief, according to saying, that. Are you saying belief has nothing to do with anything? I didn't with say that. I'm saying that it that God has you're saying that everything is when we believe when God had said that he's he's elected us before the foundation of the world he paid it doesn't say that the, but it doesn't say the act it says it was canceled out okay yes it was canceled out but when are we covered by that then at the cross it was it, it was canceled out yes so in God's mind in, in, in your belief doesn't matter if it had already happened at the did cross, I say, and your belief doesn't matter. Did I, did I say that? But that's the whoa, whoa. Did I Did I say that? What is the point of belief then? Did Did I say that? Is belief just a just a, a redundant act? Okay, for the we are for the fourth saved? time. Did I say that? I don't see how you are escaping the logical conclusion. Oh, very easily. The doctrine of superintending. Oh, a doctrine outside the Bible. It's not authoritative. Uh, okay, so it seems to be authoritative with you when it comes to the scripture. No. So, uh, yeah, so, is authoritative. See, the, the reason is because this doctrine solves a problem that you have. Well, you, it you, it's a made-up doctrine that does, it's a man-made doctrine that doesn't do anything but try to make your analogy make more sense. No, so you get mad at me for making analogies, no, 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 but no, no, you're, no. you're going back to these analogies. See, what you're I'm doing, doing the exact is same I, thing you condemn me for. No, because you're saying again. You say it's illogical when I use it in the area of regeneration. You say it's logical in the area of sanctification or Inspiration. They have a choice in all those things. I, I, you're the one that's <clears throat> ruling, ruling out that they don't have a choice in these actions. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask for the sixth time now. When did I say that belief is not part has plays no part? When did I say that? You keep saying when, it's only. You're you the one that, that, that keeps saying that, it's the only were, logical were you, conclusion. Were you forgiven? Were you forgiven at the uh, already at, forgiven at the cross? Whatever is your salvation happened at the cross. Before you were even born, before you ever believed. Yeah, that's what it says. I, I disagree with that. No, not I, I, in time. It's a, it's that's not what I. That's not what I experienced in time. But right. that's what Scripture says. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. It's it's saying that the debt is paid, but it's not saying you're covered by it until you believe. It says it, it says it was canceled. He having canceled a certificate of debt at the cross, not at belief. One second. So, the the point is, <clears throat> you keep telling me what I what I believe, and I keep telling you you're wrong. I mean, over and over and over again. When you believed, you were marked in Him with a Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. What verse is this? Ephesians one thirteen. Okay. By by faith, hold on. Into this grace, which we now stand. So Ephesians one thirteen. 
which is dealing with after regeneration, correct? No, it's saying belief came first, then regeneration. The mark of the seal and the Holy Spirit coming into you, that's regeneration. So when you believe, you are marked with him with the seal. See, now in, in, in my position, these are all going to be simultaneous spirit. acts. So I have no problem with, with that. But you're the one that focuses on an order of things. So you're saying that the that the sealing, where does that come in your order? It comes after belief. After belief. Right. The first says, and where is believed, where is regeneration? Where's regeneration in this in this order of yours? The, seal, the, seal, the sealing of the spirit. When you believe, then you were sealed with the spirit. The sealing of the spirit is different than a different act than regeneration. Regeneration is something that happens to a human. The sealing of the spirit is the is a down payment for the future our, our future inheritance, as it says in the very next verse. Who has given us the pledge of our inheritance? Okay, that's the pledge. It's a, it's a pledge of our inheritance. Who has that's given not us regeneration. The so, uh, so where's regeneration so, 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 in here? The, the, the seal of the spirit, the, the, the seal of, or being sealed with the Holy Spirit, is not regeneration, in your opinion? No, it's a totally different act. One is okay. okay. I'll, so, I'll different Calvinists would disagree with that. So, so maybe, maybe it doesn't play. The, the, okay, the, the issue is all of these things are simultaneous things. You're the one that wants to divide them up, not me. See, I, I'm going to say yeah, that a person yeah. believes, regenerated, they're adopted into the family of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and dwelt with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, all in a single Correct. No, time. No, that works for mine. That works for mine. Okay. Perfectly. But the thing is, you're saying that the belief has to come first. I do agree with that. That's what okay, the then says. Okay, then it's not simultaneous. It's true. Okay, even if it's, even if regeneration happens, okay, yeah, it, it, if something happens to happen first, and then the regeneration happens simultaneously after that, that's that's perfectly compatible. Okay, actually, no, it's not. Because if it happens after, it can't be simultaneous. But okay, just a second after that, that's fine. Like I'm saying, the belief is the qualifier. Like you yeah. don't get to be, you don't get to go to heaven unless you're a believer. That's the qualifier. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. You're saying that. I'm just saying Scripture doesn't say that. That's all. Scripture says what I'm saying. I, I have no like. I don't have to read anything into these passages. Like yeah, yeah, you do. You have you have to read that that being granted means that that they don't have a choice. I never said that. I've, I've told you that yeah, like you a dozen you times. Can go back and watch your own video because you did say that. I, I continuously said that that's not the issue. It's not you read it. You're reading in that. You're you keep reading that into the text, that's but so I've never wonderful. said it. So okay, okay, then, then okay. If you don't say that, then then I can say. That I do have the choice just because it's granted, then I have the choice to deny that granting. Yeah, you're just you're reading it into the scripture. That's the only thing I'm pointing out. You're reading it into the scripture. I can accuse you of the same thing because you're doing the exact same thing. You're just on the other side of the analogy. You're, no. you're reading in that you can't. See, have see, a things. Choice. All I did was read the scripture. I, I mean, yeah, I'm saying all, like, that's like, all I'm doing too. And like I said, that doesn't say anything that okay. I'm not so, being able to receive or not being able to choose to receive, not receive it. All right. Well, we're gonna we we end up we're coming up on time. Um, you know, I, I thank you for coming in, Seth. Um, I'm going to put you put you in the backstage. You can stick around, uh, John. I'm going to bring you in. I, I see Anthony. I'm going to Anthony's listening in the car, um, but he'll have to let us know in the private chat if he wants us to bring him in. So, John, uh, I'll, you've been listening. I'll let you give some some of your announcements. We always want to, you know, f- for people who who watch these discussions, pick up on on things to to say. Um, what it, what do you, what's your view? I'm really kind of bummed. Pedro stopped that. I don't know what his question was, but <laughs> um, but it was a very good, engaging question. And Seth, I really do appreciate you being patient with us, um, and and being 
uh, cordial over this whole thing. Yeah, and a lot of people tough, aren't. It is a tough discussion to talk to have. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Is it? it it's hard because you got one worldview that you are not wanting to let go, and and then you have the, another one where you know. Calvinists are very stubborn people. <laughs> okay, not that I'm saying Andrew is a a Calvinist because he 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 always says that he's like he's not a Calvinist. But I don't say what I am because because Calvinism is a loaded term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I prefer, I prefer a monergist to be honest. I mean, I'd rather just be called a monergist. It's it's yeah. easier to understand. Um, it doesn't have a lot of baggage. Um, I asked earlier. I go why why is being granted faith an issue with Seth? Um, cause it just seems like he, he has such a, a, a strong definition of the word granted, meaning that there's, the man doesn't have his own choice in the matter. Yeah. But I would say this is like, well, if you, if you didn't have a choice to be born into this world, why would you assume that you have a choice to be reborn in yeah. this world? And, and I think that that's. Uh, a thing that you know he he along with many other non-Calvinists just don't understand that that salvation is is given to us and See the, God will do he will not fail at that. Yeah, so, I guess but, I guess really where it comes down to for me, where where I do have strong views, you know, and I would be a monergist. And, and I didn't say I defined those terms, and I didn't, so let me define those. Uh, you know, monergism and synergism have the idea of whether God does the saving mm-hmm. or whether we work with God to do the saving. Uh, I think when we say it's, it's we work with God, um, I think that what we end up with is it, it, it ends up, I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to say this, and Seth is going to get really upset with me. <laughs> But it's it's Roman Catholicism. It's it's works plus faith. Now, that, now, granted, he's going to say, you know, belief is not a work, and that's that's right. Um, you know, I would say it's a response. It's a response when when God, you know, when God starts working through us, that is the response. Why why would we hold to what some would call irresistible grace? I think the reason people would hold to irresistible grace. Uh, is is because God is working through the person. It's the same reason I would say that Paul could not write anything that God didn't intend, because God was working through him. Let me. Uh, Charlie Spine has popped in. So, Charlie, how are you? Oh, hi, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks. We, we got a uh, 12 minutes left, but I figured you popped uh, I was, in. I was just a, a, a bit concerned for the guy that uh, he seemed to go to such lengths to avoid your straightforward reading of Scripture uh, without interpretation, really. I mean, they're pretty straightforward and don't need much of anything else but to be read. And and I was frustrated that he had to struggle to try to find a way to avoid what it was saying. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I understand why that, why that would be so important to him. I think because he listens to Leighton Flowers. He, he's actually... Um, he's doing what Leighton does, and and I mean I I like Leighton. He's he's a friend of mine. He's someone who you know I, you know I, I call him up to. Huh? What did you say, John? <laughs> I I like him. He's I, I mean love, he, I love him as a brother brother in Christ, but yeah. I don't like his theology. Well, I I don't. It's not that I don't I don't I I and he and I've talked about this. I just I disagree vehemently with the way he 
goes about debating and you know his his debate style of you know like he'll take he'll he argues out of parables and and not you know making parables say something they never would have you know they were never intended to say you know he, parables have you know when you do hermeneutics when you study with a parable the purpose of the parable is find the one main point and that's the you don't try to read other things into it that's where people get in trouble Layton's kind of guilty of that and he disagrees with me i know uh, he thinks he doesn't but you know the the thing is he does he does argue from analogy a lot and i think that he's I think that the thing with Leighton is he is such a likable guy because he really is, and I think that especially like one look one one of the reasons I think that people think Leighton Flowers wins debates is because he does these debates with people typically not everyone but you'll see, like he debated with James White and you didn't have this but you know, he's debated other people who just get angry they get frustrated and and it makes Leighton look like he's right <laughs> because he. He's got an ability to, to, to keep his composure. I love that about him. You know, he doesn't get frustrated. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just when he makes arguments, he, he doesn't use, he's, he's not using logically valid arguments because what he does is he takes a word and then he'll jump off and use an analogy. He'll, he'll, he's commonly what he does is what's called a fallacy of equivocation. He takes one word that's used here and jumps and uses it here. You, you saw that with Seth, where he jumped on the word grant and went to, I, well, I can get a grant at a university. That's a, a, the fallacy of equivocation. So if you ever hear people do that, and, and you'll see this in a lot of different areas, folks, where you're going to see people that they'll find a word. And for example, maybe you've heard uh, theonomists that will use the argument, well, you believe in, in, in God's law, don't you? Yes, you know, God's law is good. Then you're a theonomist. Well, see, God's law, which is theonomy, <clears throat> is different than the theological system that goes by the same name. Those are two separate things. They just use the same name. People do that a lot, and they, they'll jump off into say, well, see, you have this word here. Well, the same word here. I, I was recently on a podcast where we were talking about slavery. When people talk about slavery in the Bible, what do they do? They interject African slave trade and not deal with the slavery that was actually in the Bible, right? Two totally different types of slavery. This is what you end up having with, with, with people is you'll, you'll see that a lot with people where they might cling on to something like that. And, and I think you, you, you saw that tonight. I know Seth would disagree, um, but you saw where he was, where I'm saying, you know, things like Grant and he's, he's saying, well, you have to believe. And then he's saying that I'm saying there is no belief. But see, I don't believe that there's no belief. I believe that God works through the human being in such a way that he regenerates us. Our belief is at the same exact time. There is no separation. I, I think logically we get into the problems. Logically, what we're dealing with, when people talk of the the order salutis, the order of salvation, the reason I don't speak in those terms is because people will often talk logically and have a problem where the jump is from logical to the, to, to chronological. And exactly. the, there is not a chronological ordering in my mind to these things. And that's what 
systemizes these passages? How do you how do you take all these passages that talk about us being chosen before the foundation of the world? The whole point of that is there is there a point in time for God where there was a before the foundation of the world? No, because he's he's eternal. So why would he speak about this? He's trying to emphasize. He's he's doing baby talk to us. He's trying to emphasize that we had nothing to do with our salvation. He did. He made this choice long ago. He doesn't force it. The idea that because God makes a, a choice that he's forcing it is the issue. And yet when I come to the scripture, you saw that over and over again, the scripture, I'm using this exact same analogy. God made a choice in the words that would be written in scripture, and yet that wasn't forced. So there, there that doesn't have to be that there's this, as he was saying, uh, he kept saying there was a logical contradiction. If, the, if it's a logical contradiction, then it applies to every area, because that's logic. Logic doesn't, isn't, you know, for this situation different than that situation. So the, if God can work through a human being in such a way that the things God decided is what humans will write down, what they're going to believe, then he can do that. I'm applying the same doctrine in both. Yeah, it seemed like, it seemed like, now, maybe this is an oversimplification, but it seemed like from his paradigm, he was locked into a certain course of, of uh, reasoning. Whereas I look at the saving faith that the Bible talks about and Scripture tells me is granted by God, who also claims to be the author and finisher of that very right. same faith. Uh, when you get outside of this idea that it, somehow that depends on your choice, when you understand it to be something he authors and he finishes, and it is the very thing by which our salvation is granted to us, the choice becomes irrelevant. Yeah, I, I think his kindness to us should be something we we joyfully uh, uh, you know celebrate, uh, not try to interject. Well, you know, you're not the boss of me, God. You can't make me choose that. That that that's silly, and yeah. it's 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 from that paradigm. I think uh, if he remains in that paradigm, he might not be able to reach that view. Yeah, I think that a, a lot of times, you know, one of the first things uh, that we have to do when we come to scripture, one of the first things I teach people when it comes to hermeneutics, is that we have to first recognize that we have presuppositions. Every single one of us comes to Scripture with our presuppositions. Our presuppositions could be wrong. The Scripture cannot be, okay? There have been times, for example, the the passage that I, I focused a lot of time on is the Philippians one twenty nine. Why? Because when I was, you know, the, the thing is, when I was preaching through Philippians, I was in Seth's camp. I was arguing as Seth did until that passage. Why? Because as I preach through that entire book, and I'm working through the Greek in that book, I realize that that passage says that God grants belief. I used to argue that we ha- we believe first. Why? Because I, I know what I experienced, and this is the thing for many where the, where the trouble is. We all experienced that we chose God. That's what is our experience. But for some, I'm not saying this is the case for Seth, I don't know, but for some, it's that experience that becomes the authority over Scripture, and so they read their experience into Scripture. And so what ends up happening then is you end up in a case where what is happening is that people are 
not looking at what Scripture actually says, because they, well, this is my experience, right? You know, Charlie, you, you, I know you and I have talked about this at times, but people do, do this when it comes to the gifts, right? You, you have the charismatics. They go, well, I, I've experienced speaking in tongues, therefore it's, it's right. Okay, so Anthony's on camera. Not, okay, do you want to? Okay. So hey, how are you? Good. Uh, we're, we're about to close up. I, Anthony just comes in at the end because he wants to go into Anthony time, which is over the two-hour mark. <laughs> the best for the last, right? Yeah. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I know you're down at the AIG Women's Conference, so I'm glad that you finally recognize where you belong at a women's conference. Uh, <laughs> man purse? Yeah. yeah, did you bring your man purse there? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't carry that anymore. <laughs> no, we, we're actually just – my wife's not even going to the uh, – to the uh, uh, conference, we're just going to come to the Creation Museum in Ark Encounter, see Justin while we're down here. So, yeah, well, I, I appreciate you taking care of him, so, that, so yeah. I don't have to fly out there for it. So, yeah, but, so nice job on the debate tonight, or whatever you call it, discussion. Discussion. But uh, yeah, it's you know the, the doctrine of superintending, Andrew. I, I will say this: um, when you when I learned that for the first time from you, I don't know four, five, six years ago. <laughs> It, a bunch of light bulbs went off, and I use it all the time um, to try to explain things to people. And uh, you just wish that they would just just get that, and uh, <laughs> and it would open up their eyes too to so much. But but you know, I, I will say this too. You know, I know you and I have discussed this a lot in terms of of the what people call the order salutis, right? The, where they have they try to put a timeline to things. You know, I've discussed this. We're like, no logically it happens boom right yep. it's, a, it's an instantaneous thing and people try to separate these individual pieces out and i think that's what muddies them up in terms of their understanding of everything yeah in fact i think in my book what do we believe i lay out several different things all these things that happen instantaneous that that you you really can't separate the time wise we logically you, you know and this is the problem logically we we have to look at this, and so for Seth's case, he's looking at this logically that he knows he experienced his belief, and he thinks that the belief brings about the regeneration. Theologically, we'd see that the that God has to be the actor first. See, if God's not the actor, and this is what concerns me with the synergist, the synergist who believes that it's man and God working together, then God doesn't get all the credit, okay? Then it's to, look at what I did. I chose. I believed. I, the reason I have a hard, an issue with that, a hard time with that, is this is what I see over and over with every false religion. It's it's man working his way. It's man doing something. Man always wants to lift himself up, and here we're saying it's man and God working together at this. And like he's saying, well, God set this up, but I don't know any passage, and, and he didn't give a passage where it says that God set this up. God does say that we're we to believe. You see, but. He set up a false, dyna- a false di- uh, dilemma argument where he's saying that it has to be this, it has to be this way. And yet that's not what we were arguing at all. We, we never, I never argued that belief is not part of it. And yet throughout the almost two hours, you heard him saying over and over again that I don't, be- uh, so you're saying you don't believe in belief. And yet I never did, said that. No, he assumed that right away. Yeah. He inserted it. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Um, Anthony, I saw your lips moving, but I didn't know if you were talking to someone in the room. Oh, I was talking, yeah, I was oh. talking to Anthony real quick. I, you know, I will say this, too. Though. It, it is interesting, you know, as I always have to make sure we go back to Genesis on everything. <laughs> uh, 
course we do. I did of go to Genesis do, right? 3 early on, just you for know, the record. It, 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 I know. I, I did hear. We heard, I, we listened to most of the show. We are on the road for the last hour and 40 minutes, so we listened to most of your show. But, you know, isn't this the problem that happened in the garden as well? Mm-hmm. Eve wanting to be like God. Yep. And uh, which would put you on the same plane or the same the, the same power as uh, as God, essentially, which is uh, exactly what the synergists want to do. But here's the thing for folks, and, and we'll wrap up with this, is the fact that what you saw was he came in with a belief system of what it was I believed, even though it's not what I believed, uh, with an idea that this is logically can only be this way. And yet I gave him the, the idea of how of the doctrine of inspiration and now he backed away from the it's only it can only be this way type of thing okay so what do you, what do you see that there's some things i think he hasn't fully thought through in his theology like all of us right he he's he i don't i don't know his age but he seems younger uh you know we 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 continue to study he's someone who said he wants to study truth if he keeps studying i, I think he's going to he's going to change his view over time if he keeps listening to guys like Leighton Flowers, maybe not. But you know, but the thing I, I want you to see is he came in with a belief of what it was I believed, uh, even though I corrected him multiple times. And then you saw that he set up and said, this is illogical, and yet I give another scenario where he says it is logical. And then he was like, oh, no, they're different, but they're the same exact argument. Um, then you saw that he, he made a claim. What was the basis? Well, the whole basis, and this is actually the basis that that you know uh early on with with augustine you know the big debate you know um with pelagius was this issue that how could god command us to do something that we don't have the ability to do and the answer is you know he said well god can't do that and so i just asked him you know be holy as god is holy and what did he do i mean this is the this was the most disappointing part of the whole debate was when he was faced with something that shows that his his belief was wrong, he just qualifies it. Well, for a second, you see, there's nowhere in the scripture where it says, be holy as I am holy for a second, right? It says, be holy as I am holy, over and over again, dozens of times through through Leviticus, to be holy. That is commanded, and yet we can't do that. That should have been a time where he goes, you know what, this is an underpinning to my whole system, and here's a, here's a passage of scripture that shows that my system is wrong, he should have said, my system's wrong. There, when I teach, and, and folks, my encouragement to you is go to strivingforeternity.org and look at our academy, or just go to strivingforeternityacademy.org, and you'll see our class on biblical hermeneutics. That's 20 lessons. It will teach you how to interpret, it will give you the, the, what you need, the tools you need on how to interpret the scriptures so that you, you recognize it. And one of the things you'll hear me in that class say over and over is there's two ways to interpret. You're either going to follow the rules or you're going to let your, your, either your personal experience or your theology or something else interpret scripture. Unfortunately, what Seth did was let his theological system interpret Scripture. He's reading that in, and so he's taking the passages, and and folks, I just read the passages. That's all I was doing. I wasn't even interpreting them, and he's he's having to add in, well, that's in Christ means belief at the, when we believed. And so he's, he's, he's having to add that in, because the plain reading of the text, I think he recognized that doesn't fit with what he's saying, and so he's got to change, give words meanings to, 
to fit that in. That's reading into the Scripture your theology. Don't do that. What we want to do is read out of the Scriptures. Our theology can be wrong. In fact, you know, Charlie, I know you do a lot of work with Carm, Matt Slick. Matt is a good friend of mine. We both, you know, one of the reasons people always ask us to debate is because of the fact that both of us know that we are wrong in our theology somewhere. We don't know where. I'm not even a Calvinist. Yeah, I don't use the term. (laughs) I've never pretended to be. (laughs) But the thing is, every one of us is wrong somewhere. We don't know where. If if we're honest and we knew where, we would change it, okay? But we, we, we're going to be, as I think, as faithful, we should be as faithful to what we do study and, and always be looking to say, do I need to change my theology? There's been things in my theology I have changed over, over the year. Oh, some of my presuppositions have been overturned by Scripture. Some of it was joyful and some of it wasn't comfortable because I had to reassess a lot of things when I, when I saw it overturned. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the one thing you never want to do is, you know, overturn son and have to admit that Matt is right. Um, but, you you know, I, I don't know, in, in the Matt's, Matt Slick's radio show, on the after show there, uh, you know, I think you were still in there when he, he, he bragged about the fact that he actually bought me dinner. I know Anthony loves the, you know, that, that when we bring that up, that uh, Matt finally got me. And, he's and, going to celebrate that for years. Oh, and he, he should. He should. Because he's gotten so much grief for years. I mean, he's gotten nine years of grief. Uh, and I actually called up his show so he could give me some of the grief back. I, you know, I'll, I'll eat humble pie when he finally pulls it off. But, um, but uh, I I'd want to close out, just remind folks, uh, the Israel trip, Israel tour 2021, Israel tour 2021.com. We're going to sell this out very quickly. Make sure you join us and that it, that you go there. We only have a, a couple slots left. Price does go up end of this month by $100. Also, MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. Go to Radio Listeners. Get the discounts that you can get with the promo code SFE. Not only do you get a great pillow, they have more than pillows now. Uh, I'm going to be going out to buy some of their, their mattress toppers, and they got sheets and robes. You know, maybe we can get Anthony a girly robe for him to when he when he travels. <laughs> I'll send it to him for Christmas. <laughs> but but uh, uh-huh. you know, you can get that. Just make sure you use SFE as the promo code, or you can call them on our own eight hundred number. This is an eight hundred number that they set up for us. One eight hundred eight seven three zero one seven six. One eight hundred eight seven three zero one seven six. We'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know. Anthony, do we have something scheduled for next week? At this point, we do not. Okay, so open. I, I may see if Seth wants to come back in. Uh, Seth and I had a other disagreement. He's uh, very much of an evidentialist in his in his uh, apologetics. I would be presuppositional. Uh, so it might be a good one to, to have if he wants to come back in. I'm going to invite him in to see if he wants to come back and, and discuss that. So maybe we'll do that. We um, yeah, that would be nice if he did return. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought. Yeah, I know the Canadian atheist wants to come back on, so we'll have to see if he, he, he if we'll have him back in sometime soon. Um, but until then, next week. We until then, just strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God. And see you then. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.